0: Chris, no. Hey, everybody! Welcome to what's your nine to five? This one is a bonus episode, and happy New Year's Eve Eve.
1: New Year's Eve Eve, guys! Everybody, it's still coronavirus. Please be careful. Just it's precaution, like, right there. Carl be safe. <laughs>
0: coronavirus.
1: Coronavirus. I
0: said Carl Rona virus, Like, there's a virus with Carl
1: that would not be good
0: carl and rona he's got a virus um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just wanted to have a put out an extra little bonus episode we wanted to get the best of uh the best of this last little season the best since our first episode on october 16th and it's been really fun to talk to a lot of really really cool people like who was one of your favorite guests brooklyn
1: um, I really like Doctor Ara because I got to really pick his brain and figure out more about the coronavirus. Cause I, yeah, like you hear everything, but you never know what's actually the truth. So it was like to talk, get it from the source.
0: Yes, yes. Um, I re- that was a really good episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one too. Um, I really liked Dave Barrett's interview. Really oh. opened my eyes up to apprenticeships and just how amazing they are and like all the opportunities there are to take them. And um, it's really cool. So I really like his little clip we have from that episode. So this uh, next clip is from the pilot episode with Emily and Ashley. Um, It's a really good one. It's um, Emily talking about um, what she did right after post-secondary and uh, how she ended up getting this job at Launchpad and all that. Um, It's really cool. So um, here's Emily from episode one.
2: I had a mix of passion of... You know, working with youth, but being an entrepreneur at the same time, I was struggling to decide if I should just run and start my own business because I was under the age of 29 and there are so much supports for youth out there that are looking to start their own business uh, if they're under the age of 29. So I thought, man, this is the time to do it. Yeah. But then in the back of my head, I was like, I have all these future goals, too, that... Um, depend on having a stable income and you yeah. know building off of that stability. So yeah. I was kind of like, should I? And and I also left working with youth and and went to do something different. And I realized I wasn't happy. And so yeah. I tried to figure out how can I, you know, get back to working with youth in a creative way, in a in a inspiring way. And then uh, I went on this huge backpack adventure where i was supposed to figure my life out where'd you go Uh, i went to africa i went to europe uh did it like three months uh just yeah it was insane and um i was supposed to figure out my life on this adventure and i remember flying home and crying because i was like i still don't know what i'm supposed (laughs) to do with my life and uh and then i was just looking it up on indeed one day and bam here it was and i was like my heart just exploded when i saw the ad on indeed yeah and i was like that's it that's that's where i need to be and Thankfully and luckily, um, they said yes to me too. So,
1: yeah, Emily, I don't ever know if we did you ever explain what schooling you did go to? Uh, yeah, No, I so,
2: like I said, I wanted to become a doctor. So I went to, and then I, because I wasn't really that smart, I got rejected from a lot of places. So, oh, you I actually pursued what? this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were just like, I think I'm gonna be a doctor. Yeah. I didn't realize <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> oh, wow! And I got rejected from a lot of places.
0: Emily's par- partly a doctor. Oh, <laughs> I love it.
2: So she did the schooling. Counts. <laughs> so no, got rejected. Especially I got rejected from Guelph University, which is like my family's legacy university. Oh yeah. So when like every member of my family went to Guelph, and then I was like, I oh, got rejected. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I went to Trent. So woohoo, Trent! Thanks yeah. for taking nice. me. Um, um, so went and studied biology, and then that was halfway through that I realized, oh, I suck. Um, <laughs> oh
0: wait, I'm not good at
2: it. Yeah, um, it was chemistry. Chemistry was actually what oh, killed me. Yeah. So um, and then uh, then I switched halfway through uh, my second and third year, and I went into business, and um, so then I ended up graduating with a business and biology degree. Uh, after the four years and then I was like oh I should do a master's or I tried to come back and like get more of a business degree Mm -hmm. but it just didn't work out and and then I like had a mentor that I talked to and they're like well why are you coming back for more undergraduate if you want to go back to school you should do a master's so I ended up picking up and just at Trent University connecting with a cool professor and I did a master's on uh, entrepreneurship and sustainability and business and so essentially how can we take startup companies and businesses in Canada and make make them more environmentally friendly. So I did a, a two year program on that, and then and then yeah, and then here I am in entrepreneurship, and and that's the first job I had with youth was was helping them start their own small businesses, working with the summer company program, the granting opportunities that are out there, and just yeah, helping youth figure out what they love, mm-hmm. like Ashley yeah. said, and turning that into a way to make money, um, and then showing those skills and passing those on. Um, it was cool to just see like a youth love something and then them sell it and yeah. get money from it. And then just seeing the, the opportunities. open. Yeah. So. And I
3: think it's important to go to school and pick a career that, you know, you're going to wake up every day and you're going to be like, I like going to work. Yeah. Like that's so important is, yeah. yes, money's nice. Um, But I think what's even better is waking up and I can speak from this now is. I wake up and I'm like, I'm so excited to go to work today. Like I'm not dragging myself out of bed. So I think it's important to pick a career that you feel like you're going to be super happy with for a very long time Mm because it might be the same career for a very long time. So I think that's a huge thing.
0: That was Ashley and Emily from uh, episode one, a little blurt from um, Ashley at the end. They're talking about just uh, doing something you love because it's all worth it in the end.
1: I really hope that I can pick a good career or get into a good one that I love. That's always yes. a fear and always a goal to try and get a good one.
0: And also I need to take my um across the world trip and visit all these places that Emily did. I wanna do that. That'd be so nice.
1: Jeez, what are, what are we doing here? Why are we still sitting here? Because
0: oh. we're broke.
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's <why.
0: laughs> Okay, um this next clip is from episode 3 with Dr. Ara. We ask him just um how busy things got when COVID really started started to hit and um he gives us a really um a really kind of ah uh, eye-opening answer that I didn't really expect. So um and we also go through the challenges of you know his job and the challenges of working through COVID. So here's Dr. Ara from episode 3. Your job must have gotten a lot busier in march when everything kind of happens so what was that what was that like like how much has your job changed since march
4: drastically uh changed we started working in january actually mid-january um it was clear this is going to be a pandemic the characteristics of the virus uh, i had no doubt it will be at some point in gray bruce so we started working as early at that time working with the counties, with other partners, EMS. In March, definitely, there was uh, an increase in the demand on our our work hours and the team. I actually worked around 14 to 16 hours per day, nonstop, no weekend, uh, until mid-July, I would say. Then slowed down, then with the reopening of schools, there's uh, also the part of, you know, you need to manage Not just the number of cases you need to manage with every action we we have in public health, we need to manage communication to different stakeholders to the public, so it it has uh, been busy again after September.
1: Oh My goodness. Well, good job. Thank you for doing all that. Oh, my gosh.
4: Oh, uh, my pleasure. Glad to be of service. It's good to be to, to be in demand to make difference in the community. And, and I know I, have, I am very privileged to have a team that's burning the candle at both ends nonstop as well.
1: So with all that stuff, what is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome during this pandemic?
4: Well, with putting number one, one is difficult. There are many, many challenges, but I can probably, if, if I may, separate it into personal challenge and professional challenge. The professional challenge is to ensure the staff are safe, you know, when people work many hours long, day after day uh, for weeks and with no, uh, you know, clear end in sight, there is there's is stress on every individual. So I, I made the effort to go around on daily basis, since day one to ensure people are taking breaks, taking a pause, um, having, uh, you know, taking care of themselves and it's it, it gets. Uh, more difficult as we go you know the burnout that that's something that we need to ensure the staff is safe and able to provide you know if they're not if they're not able to take care of themselves they will not be able to take care of the community so far we've been successful in ensuring that balance on a personal level my you know i can do this for a year or two except for one regret uh, my 3 year old daughter is missing out on her daddy so th- that has been, again, a challenge that I had to uh, make uh, some adjustments. So I would leave work around five and I'll spend three hours with her. Then when I put her to bed, I'll go back to, to work between eight to 12. Uh, that's when things were really busy. Now, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's that busy, sometimes it's not. But at least I managed to ensure some time with my daughter uh, is protected and my family as well, my wife
0: wow that's really cool the amount of work Jan- from january all the way to may putting in 16 to 18 hours a day no weekends off straight
1: january to may he's out all the way to july
0: a, did he say to july yeah. yes oh my gosh he did wow he is um such a you know That's the kind of person you want in public health. Yeah. (laughs) And shout-outs to all the people in public health here in Gray Bruce because um, without them, we would uh, not be in the place we are now. Even though we're not completely over it, we are doing a lot better than other um, municipalities and other counties. So go uh, Gray Bruce. Go Dr. Ara. We are going to hopefully have another interview with him in the coming up season. Hush, hush, everybody. So that'll be good to get an update from him. We did that interview back in October, so it'll be good to get an update after christmas and all that so this next um one is from uh this was our top played episode uh, out of all of them it was with um it was about uh photography with uh, emily, emily McCracken. mccracken emily mccracken yeah so she talks about just how photography is art and um how people can have all kinds of different opinions about art but uh, not change your style because yeah so here it is that was horrible here, emily's gonna explain it a lot better here's emily mccracken from episode four What would you say is a big misconception people have about photographers?
5: I think a huge misconception and I've really started noticing it. So photography is art. Like, you know, I feel like my whole life I've always been creative and I've tried so many different things. Like I've tried singing and I was like, okay at that. I've tried poetry. I was okay at that. I've tried drawing. Not good at that. Um, but yeah, so and then once I picked up a camera, I was like, oh, okay, this is what's been clawing to get out of me for this long. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. And I think what a misconception is, is, you know, people, it doesn't happen often. And it's not out of ignorance. It's just out of lack of knowledge. People message and they'll be like, I really like your posing. But would you be able to brighten up the photo mm-hmm. and stuff like that? And like kind of critiquing how I edit yeah. and just like really like standing my right ground like, no, like that's my style. That's what, like yeah. um, so I think that's a misconception because I think that in Grey Bruce, we do have so many photographers and everybody has such a different style that you can go anywhere you want to get. Like you can go to any of us to get the look that you're looking for and not so much uh, like critiquing our style, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, totally. Yeah,
5: it's, it's really an art form, right? So
0: and there's probably even some people out there who don't even know how much work you must put in in editing yeah. and, po- and, like, and like after you do the shoot and stuff like that.
5: Yeah, I think a lot of times people just think it's like a couple clicks of a button and then yeah. that's it. But it's it's the it's actually what goes on afterwards. That's the majority of the work. The shoot's the shortest yeah. part
1: really cool not not so much cool as just good to hear nice to hear yeah
0: because I think people have a big they, a lot of people have misconceptions about photographers mm-hmm. and that all they do is hit a button but you know they do so much and it it is an art form it definitely is you know it, like each photographer has their own style and uh we uh, Emily's one of the best ones out there she is so talented so you guys gotta go check her out that was a really good episode check out the episode too um yeah so this next one is from Dave Barrett from episode five um just talking about apprenticeships, the good they do, and then we also ask him uh, the best part of his job and um, he gives a really good uh, he gives a really great answer so here's Dave Barrett from episode five.
1: So you guys are doing so much here, but how are you? getting funding and like how are you supporting all these people like where's the money coming from
6: so the money i'm funded through a different ministry so i'm funded through what's called the ministry of labor training and skills development um so the funding comes to the ontario youth apprenticeship program to the two school boards and the two school boards here have chosen to put that money together hire me and then i i coordinate all this stuff so uh, one of the things I joke about is I'm a manager, so I I don't do anything. I coordinate all <laughs> kinds of stuff, and I pull yeah. people together, and we all do our parts. Um, and that's where the funding comes from, is the province, because what they're seeing is we need more students to explore the careers in the skilled trades. We have a huge skilled trade shortage now, and it's not just Canada. This is a worldwide skilled trade shortage because... Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've seen is it's it's always been denigrated. Oh, you don't you don't you don't want to go work in construction and you want to do that. Yeah. And some of our worst advocates have been skilled tradespeople. Yeah. You know, I don't want my kids to work as hard as I did. And I'm going. Well, you've got a nice home and a cottage and two side by sides, a pickup truck and a and yeah. a car. You don't seem to be doing too badly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they, there's yeah. a perception that you know you've got to go yeah. off to higher education, as they call it, college and university, yeah. to get a better job with. These careers start. It doesn't matter where you go first. Where you end up is entirely up to you. I know skilled trades people. That are good example was the gentleman that retired from Bruce Power. He started off as an apprentice, became a tradesperson, went back to university, became an engineer. And when Duncan Hawthorne retired from Bruce Power, he was the president and CEO. Wow. So don't tell me you got to go to university yeah. first. Yeah. It's a matter of, you know, starting off, get certified competent in something and then grow it from there. I know lots of people that started off in the skilled trades and now run companies. Yeah. You know, they left the tools and, you know, started an electrical company, which turned into a general contracting company, which turned into a behemoth that's now doing work internationally. That's how it all starts. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you do. You know, it's up to you. So what would
0: you say the best part of your job
6: is? Your most favorite? Oh, getting emails like I got the other day. Um... When I hear of students who are successful, that just—you yeah. can see me—I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, graduating class, Kingardon District, five electricians, apprentice electricians, grad like upon graduation. Wow, that makes my day. Yeah, because even if they're a year from now, they go, "This isn't for me." Yeah, they've had a year to figure that out, and off they go. Yeah, that
0: just makes my day. Seeing successful people. Yeah. Oh, Dave. Dave, it hits you right in the feels, eh?
1: I like hearing. I like hearing all that stuff because I feel as though it's always... That trades are always overlooked and... Oh,
0: so much. And I'm guilty as well of (laughs) overlooking them when I was in high school. But we need guys like Dave to get that message out there. And he's perfect because he cares he's he's in it you know all the way 100 percent he's not holding anything back he's trying his absolute best to get the word about trades out there and he's doing such a great job it was it was really good to interview him it was such a pleasure dave so thank you so much um we got a couple more here so this next one we talked to jolene um on episode six um on our women in the trades episode she was the the first female welder we had on and she talks about just the struggles of coming up and trying to be a welder and um, as, a, as a female the and, uh, and how tough that was. So um, let's get into it. Here's Jolene from episode six.
1: Why don't you think more females go into it? Like you're talking about the stigma. Like, is that the only reason you think?
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah. And like
3: growing up, everyone it's never pushed it's never oh like i always get when i say i'm a welder i was like oh my gosh like oh you do that like you know and it's just like well it's not that bad like i think that it was absolutely intimidating you're going up you're getting interviewed and you're talking to like grown men who a lot of them are very rough around the edges and intimidating to look at and going into the trades as a young woman and it's it's a lot to handle and I'm hoping that eventually it can move towards. There's more because we have to get in there in order to make it better for women, and in order to do that, we all just have to jump in with both feet and yeah. sink or not sink. Swim, swim, <laughs> not sink. Don't <laughs> don't sink, guys. Swim. Don't sink, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness, that's so funny.
0: Oops. <laughs> From your high school class, were you the only female welder there, or were there a couple more? I was the only one. The only one.
3: Yeah, and the teachers were not happy about it really <laughs> i was a well yeah still i was a grade a student yeah. i graduated with honors and everything and they were because it's so frowned upon the trades everyone thinks that it's for dropouts and for yeah. people who are not smart and stuff like that and yeah. it's that's bullcrap it's a phenomenal job and there's so many opportunities and financial yeah. freedom and yeah. it's challenging and rewarding and everything and I'm not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt yeah. and I don't need to go to school for
0: another five yeah.
3: years and stuff like that. So it's...
0: It's definitely a nice bonus not yeah. being that much in debt and having a good job afterwards. It's it's yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So did you have a lot of support from your, from your male peers, from like other male weld- welders your age? No. No.
3: No. It's very... Uh, a lot of people have the attitude like I'm taking away work like that's not meant for me and especially when you are good at it you're even bullied harder and there are uh, other like women that have gone into the trade for the wrong reasons and it creates that mentality for the guys that I'm not there to work and it's unfortunate but you just keep working hard every day and you prove to them every day that you're not yeah. I'm there to work.
0: Jolene killing it in the trades game. Female in the trades too.
1: Honestly, the people that are keep telling everyone that you can't do stuff, you need to stop. Just let them if they somebody yeah. decides that they want to do something, let them do it. It's their decision if they want to continue on or not. I know. You should not be telling that.
0: I never got people who are like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't get into that if I were you. It's like, well, you're not me. (laughs) You're somebody else. (laughs) Be
1: quiet. Yeah,
0: people are crazy, but we need more people like Jolene. They're going to be, they keep...
1: everything alive keep everything going
0: yeah they're they the trendsetters like I say all the time with support groups as well and Grey Bruce but um, you got it's gotta start somewhere you gotta have the females who are not afraid to you know speak up about it and uh, get in there and do their thing so thank you to Jolene this next one is from episode 8 it was from we were talking to her story with Marissa and, uh, and uh, Jillian and they talk about um, what they would ta- tell their 16 uh, year old selves what they talk about what they would tell their 16-year-old selves. There we go, Let's get into it. let's get into it. If you could go back in time and ask, like, your 16-year-old selves, um, or you could talk to your 16-year-old self, what would you say?
5: (laughs) You have no idea what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Me or you? Well, yeah, both of us. Yeah, I guess. Um, I would probably just say, like... Just be relentless. Like, again, you, you said, like, we kind of had to stop caring about what other people thought. I think at that age, your social circle is so important to you. And, you know, those social systems. But man, if I listened to every Debbie that told me that I couldn't, yeah. and especially at that age, like I would really just be doing myself a disservice. So I guess it would really just be like, keep going and do what drives you, even though there are going to be people that are going to hate and maybe not believe in you. Yeah, It really has to come from yourself. So sure. that's what I would say.
1: And to not like to add on that, to not be afraid, to do something outside of the societal structure that you have been conditioned to do them in. So, you know, for me, it was you have to go to university. You're going to do the undergrad that you're supposed to do, even though you don't really because I wanted to do an arts degree and Mm -hmm. you can't really get hired in an arts degree these days. And, you know, just there's all these steps laid out for you. And I really wish that 16 year old me had known that it's okay to pursue your passions because, you know, had we done that, whatever, 10 years ago, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, her story could be 10 years old by now. So it's just continuing to do what it what fills your heart and your passions and leaving the rest to the universe you know yeah i love that
0: yeah jillian says be relentless i would tell my 16 year self 16 year old self that
1: and be quiet to the debbies oh my goodness again (laughs) let people do what they want to do get out
0: debbie get out of here you don't need your negativity at all okay (laughs) i'm sorry to all the debbies who are listening (laughs) they're like what did i didn't do anything (laughs) But uh, no, that was really a really good answer. I really enjoyed it. Both um, both Jillian and Marissa are killing it. You know they um with with her story and uh, they're just two ladies who are they're not going to quiet down for nobody. And that's what you need. That's what you need in the forefront. So thank you to them. This next clip is from our agriculture episode, which was episode nine, with Allie Spielmacher. She talks about um all the things in 4-H that people don't know about, even uh maybe- potato club. <laughs> yes potato Potato so let's get into that one
1: so what kinds of uh, misconceptions are about 4-h and basically agriculture as well
7: um a lot of people believe that 4-h is only for farm kids i'd say and for me i'd never grew up on a farm i've always lived in town but my family lives on a farm so that's how i got involved but there are also there's so many people that i do 4-h with that have just always loved animals and got hooked up with somebody that has a farm and and that's how they do it and i think that we really need to advocate and tell people that just because you're from town or just because you don't live on a farm or have animals doesn't mean you can't be involved and with that a lot of people believe that um it costs a lot of money to be in 4-h and yeah you have to pay for your registration like as you do with any kind of thing sports or any clubs but you can there's so many farmers and people out there that are willing to help kids that don't have access to these things and are willing to loan out calves or loan out sheep or whatever it is just to keep agriculture very prominent in our area because I find that as we're moving into more like technological base there's not a lot 4-H isn't promoted as much like the hands-on learning isn't necessarily a big thing anymore so um people need to know that just because you don't live on a farm you can do anything and uh also like I said before that it's not just animals that you could There's sewing knitting like bread there's a potato club like gray county what? A po- what? as a the county club? has to so many club. things What was that sorry
0: i need to join a potato club this sounds sweet
7: (laughs) i had no idea that was the potato club they just i think you start with the seed like you grow it and learn about potatoes and what Mm. like what you can do with potatoes after the fact like it's crazy all the things that that 4-h can do for people
0: hear that kids you don't have to live on a farm to go and be something big in agriculture around here
1: finally something for the townies to do my goodness
0: yeah Yeah, something to do with your potatoes, eh? Go to <laughs> take potato club, grow that potato, make sure he's a good little potato. But really, uh, there's so
1: <laughs> many, there's so many options. I never even realized all the options. Yeah, y- and you don't exactly like that. Hallie put it best. I can't even say. You don't have to live on a farm. You don't have to have a cow. You're like, dang, I really wish I had a cow. I could show this cow off so good. Yeah. Go find yourself a cow. Go do
0: that. Go find yourself a cow to show off and impress everybody. So thank you to Ali for coming on for that one. Um, our last clip we have for you guys is from our policing episode. It's um, it's Chief Noel from Hanover Police talking about the moment he knew he wanted to be a police officer when he was a young kid.
8: Yeah, so you know, I, when I was eight years old... Um, I witnessed an impaired driver and uh, that impaired driver hit um, some a cedar rail fence um, just down the road from my house and I witnessed that and and um, he went into a field and he turned around and he came back up the road towards me I was on a bicycle and I was able to get the license plate and I remember running into the house and I got the license plate and I wrote down and I remember my mom called it in and, and the OPP showed up because I lived out in the country and the OPP showed up and, and he sat down and he, you know, knowing now he interviewed me and he got all the details and, and the description of the person and everything. And at the end of that conversation, he said to me, you know what, you should be a police officer someday. You'd make a good police officer someday. So to this day, I, I don't remember um, his name, but I remember his face and I remember the way he treated me. And I remember that interaction to this day and you know i think that's what kind of you know sparked my interest in policing because i thought wow that's that's really cool and um you know i want to i want to be like him someday so to this day i don't know who he is um but i can remember his face and i remember that interaction and that i think really sparked my interest in policing and and you know from that kind of day forward i had this vision in my mind that i wanted to be a police officer and that passion kind of continued right even through high school. And, and I was fortunate enough to get uh, a co-op placement, um, through high school. And, you know, through that placement, I got to meet uh, police officers in the field and I got to work kind of alongside them and and observe their work. And, you know, that, that kind of, you know, that just really intrigued me. And, and, um, you know, and here I am today, right? Like I, you know, you know, when I went for my recruiting interview, um, the, the, the recruiter said to me, why do you want to be a police officer? When I went to the OPP and got recruited and I told him the story and he just sat there and listened to me. And I said, this isn't something I'm like, well, I saw a job at and, yeah. and I thought I could do that because it looked easy. Yeah. This was something I wanted to do for a long time. And, and um, you know, it's all about, you know, finding your passion and, and working with people and, and and, you know, finding what you want to do and you know i really think i found my calling and and um if you get talking to police officers um and really others teachers will say the same thing some will refer to it as a calling and i honestly think that with myself right like i really enjoy the work um every day is different there's all kinds of challenges but there's all kinds of opportunities as well and and it's just um it's a really dynamic career, and and you know I would recommend it for anyone to really give it some serious thought. If you like working with people, you like a challenging, rewarding career, this is a great career to consider. And we need good uh, people to make good police officers. Yeah, so.
0: for sure. That's such a good story, Chief Null from the Hanover Police, right there, talking about his origin story, his superhero origin story. Superhero. We need more cops like him because he definitely like it's all he's wanted to do right so he cares so much
1: he wants to care it's it's a point that he's caring and he wants to be doing what he's doing that makes it totally makes the difference
0: yeah and you'll trust cops like that you know the cops that make a good connection with you and the cops that care about the community those are the ones you that are going to be the best um thank you guys so much for listening to the the best of we still got some bloopers ahead of us to end off the episode but i just want to say Thank you to everybody who has listened, um, who's been here since the start. We really appreciate it. I can't thank... I can't thank Emily Launchpad enough. Can't thank Brooklyn enough for being an amazing co-host. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for listening. It's been an amazing ride. We still are going to keep this thing going. Season two is going to be even better, bigger. It's going to blow your mind. Oh, gonna... I
1: hope so. It's
0: going to blow. Let's hope it blows some minds. But we have some different changes, um, some cool guests. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Start of January. It should be out sometime. We'll let you guys know. But um To end off the year, here's some good bloopers of me and Brooklyn just trying to record some (laughs) intros and outros and just failing.
1: It's definitely, definitely had some learning curves starting with this, starting up a podcast. It's been so great. But here you guys just get to listen about all the times that we're just, it didn't go great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. The times we weren't hydrated and we maybe weren't chasing our dreams. No, we're always, we're always hydrated. We're always chasing our dreams. And uh, I hope you guys are doing the same. Here are some funny bloopers. Happy holidays everybody, we'll see you in the new year.
2: But if I, once I started to throw my hands up in the air and say just like, come what may, my life turned out better. Nice. Oh, we fire. can hear some
0: fire trucks going by. Look at that. Oh, oh I, I, thought, like, that <laughs> that? I <laughs> thought that was you. Shut up. Okay, you hear the means <laughs> Shut up, guys. Come on. No, no, this is going great. Yeah, we can hear motorcycles and everything in this room. So it's great. Everybody can get the real, you know. You can I thought hear. that
1: was like your 20 minutes are up. <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys. Let's go. Uh, I know you didn't. Look at how choppy that is. Damn. Chop, chop, chop. No, look. Like, that's not what
5: I meant. Like the audio.
1: The audio just looks choppy. Is this actually fifty-one minutes, an hour, or fifty-one this... minutes? Or just fifty-one minutes?
0: And that was the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Great
1: day, great, great day. <laughs> Potatoes, potato club. This is the wrong episode for Potato, potato Club. Club. This is the wrong episode.
0: Potato, potato. It all is, you know, hey, what you doing? I, potato, potato. I go in there, I get myself a meatball. What are you doing? Why are you talking to me that way? This
1: is um, not
0: this episode. This is. This is, yeah. This is support. the. <laughs> Potatoes.
1: No, wrong one. I'm a
0: potato. Um... <laughs>
1: I'm a potato.
0: Hey, everybody. And welcome back to episode number eight. Wow, I can't believe it's already episode eight. It's been flying.
1: That's good. Episode eight? Woo-woo!
0: But yeah, we're talking about support groups here in Grey Bruce.
1: So this was a really good... Oh, wait. Is this beginning or end? Beginning. (laughs) Youth apprenticeship.
0: And COVID in Grey Bruce.
1: You're supposed to say something.
0: No, I thought it was you and then me.
1: No, it's you. What am I supposed to say? Have... how are you doing? You know what you should listen to? Watch your 9 to 5 podcast.
0: We have episodes out every Wednesday on Spotify. We talk about women in the trades.
1: Youth apprenticeship.
0: And oh, I was, was going to say that. I know. Oh!
1: Welding, 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 launchpad, 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 launchpad. Come do welding at the launch pad, everybody. Intermediate, intermediate stick, girls only and beginner. I haven't done any, but I'm planning on it.